Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study through 2 Timothy and we come to chapter 1 verse 12 and I'm I'm just really excited to get into this. This is one of those uh, really interesting verses that really teaches us a lot um, really about the Christian life and one of the important things, and, and I mentioned this, I think, before, uh, probably more than once before, is that uh, two of the most important lessons in the Christian life that you can learn is one, contentment, and the other one is uh, surrender. If you can surrender to God and you can be content in Christ, uh, you will, you will, you'll have it figured out. You'll be doing pretty good uh, here in the Christian life. And we really see both of these principles uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. But let's go ahead and let's read the whole chapter to start off with, and then we'll focus in on that verse. And it says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and uh, Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded as in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift which God has given you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenus. The Lord grant to the household of Onesiphorus, for he has brought often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he might find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me in Ephesus. Well, the verse that we're looking at today is verse 12, and it says this, For this reason I also suffer these things. Now he's talking about the call. The call that God has put on his life, we see to which the appointment uh, or the placement that he has in the body of Christ, as we looked at, that's why he's suffering these things, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. 
We, we see here that it is because Christ has, has placed him here, that, that, that he, he suffers these things. Now, it's not Christ who's doing this to him. It's not that Christ is the one who's at fault for his suffering, but it is that Christ has enemies. And when you follow in the placement of God, that means that these enemies will come up uh, against not only Christ, but also against you. And that's what's happening in the Apostle Paul. It, it's a spiritual battle that he has. It's, it, it's that idea that, remember, uh, he, he wrote, He's writing this to Timothy, who's the pastor at Ephesus, who he also wrote to the church in Ephesus. And in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. What we see here that he recognizes this, that because Christ has enemies and Christ's enemies are, are too then his enemies, and because Christ has enemies, he too will have enemies. And when you have enemies, that always brings suffering. But he says, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. He's not ashamed of his imprisonment. He's not ashamed of the chains that he has. He's not ashamed of the suffering that he's going through. Why? Well, first of all, because he knows whom he has believed in. You know, do you know who you have believed in? This is one of the great dangers I, I see in Christianity today is that many people know about Jesus less than what there used to be. But many people know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. They can't say, I know whom I believed in. They just say, you know, I know the facts. I know the facts about Jesus, that he died on a cross, that he was buried, and that he rose again. And it's just an intellectual endeavor for me, that Christianity is just mental assent. But, but that word believed there, it, it, it means much more than mental assent. It's talking about with the, the, the inner person of who you are, the inner being of who you are, and it takes all you are worth to believe in Jesus. It brings about a change in who you are. It's that you are born again. You become a new creature in Christ. You become a new person. You become a child of God when you once were a son of wrath and a child of the devil. But the Apostle Paul says, look, I know whom I believed in. I know this person. It's Jesus it's not just that I know about him. It's that I know him. I know him. Do you know Jesus? Because if you don't know Jesus, you're going to be ashamed of his suffering. You're going to be ashamed when his enemies come up against you and oppose you. But if you know Jesus, you can say with Paul, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I believed and am persuaded and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day. Wow, that's incredible to go and to look at. For I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able or he is capable to keep what I have committed. And that word keep there, it means to watch over that Jesus would watch over what we commit to him. Now, ultimately, what is it that the Apostle Paul is going and saying that he is committed to Jesus Christ? Well, it, it, it's not just that he's resting in Jesus Christ for eternal life, although that's true. It's that he has given to Jesus Christ the entire purpose of his life. 
It's that he's given to Jesus Christ his entire way of life. It's that he's given to Jesus Christ his entire purpose, his wishes, his plans, his ambitions. He goes and he gives them to Jesus Christ. And he says, you take them. You are going to keep them. You're going to watch over them better than I ever could. What is the Apostle Paul doing? He's surrendering. And when he is going and saying that he's not ashamed, what is he going and saying? He's saying, look, I am, I am content in Christ. I'm content in Christ. I'm not ashamed. I'm content in Christ. No matter what state I'm in, I'm content in Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed because I know him. And I'm persuaded, I'm 100% completely convinced that he is able, that he is capable to keep, to watch over what I have committed to him until that day, until the end of days. Now, this is just incredible to stop and to think about and incredibly challenging to go and to look at because the, the question comes— well, multiple questions come, but one of the biggest questions that come is, what have you committed? What have you committed to Christ? You know, have you truly given your wishes, your plans, and your ambitions to Christ? Have you given, have you gone and said, look, I'm giving this to you, Jesus. I know I have plans for my life. I know I have dreams. I know that I have ambitions. I know that I have things that I want to do, but I am going to go and take them and lay them at your feet, Jesus. And no matter what enemy comes about, no matter where you lead, I will follow you because I believe that you are a better keeper of these wishes, of these plans, of these dreams, of these ambitions of mine than I could ever be. Yea, Lord, I give you my life. What have you committed to Jesus? You know, this is just an incredibly, incredibly powerful verse. He goes and he says, look, I know the, the verse before he's talking about to which I was appointed or I was placed in the body of Christ, a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. You know, the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He, he was, was not somebody who was super interested in going and being a missionary to the Gentiles of his natural accord. This is one of those things that God goes and says, I'm placing you here, even though you seem like you would be perfect, absolutely perfect to go and to reach the Jews. The Jews are rejecting you, so I am placing you as a chief apostle to the Gentiles. And he says, look, I know it's because I've been placed in the body of Christ here, and it's not Christ's fault, but he has enemies, and his enemies are my enemies. So I know that it is because he has placed me in this position that that is why I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I know him, and I have committed my life to him. And I know that he is able to, to take care of my life, to plan my dreams, to plan my wishes, to, to plan my ambitions better than I ever could or could ever hope to. Now, it's true what the Apostle Paul is saying, that, that, that Christ can do that. And, and of course, he does do that. But the question comes, what have you committed to him? 
You ought to commit everything to him. You ought to commit your life. But but are you truly persuaded? Well, you can't commit unless you're persuaded, and you won't be persuaded unless you truly know. So how is it that you can commit all to Christ? Well, you must draw near to him to know him and to know him more. Are you pressing in today to know Christ? to walk with him, to walk beside him, because when you do that, it will persuade you to give Jesus Christ everything, all of who you are, every dream, every plan, every wish, lay them at your master's feet, because he is able to keep them, to watch over them so much better than you ever could. We serve a great God, the Apostle Paul recognizes this, and you should too today. Well, thank you for listening. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that.